0: Um, So we've explored, we're exploring the five core practices. So we've looked at um, devotion, formation, community, and mission. And this week, ending the series, we're going to talk about uh, generosity. So let's begin. Uh, I'm glad this was in there because I need a little break to get away from myself. Um, uh, Let's have a little bit of a conversation. So when you hear the word generosity... Uh, what comes to mind either words or images themes what comes to mind when you hear the word generosity okay. money okay awareness awareness do you want to say more about that
1: yeah people who don't pay attention to the world around them don't tend
0: to be generous mm. okay
1: good after, bad mood bad mood my grandfather ah okay okay <coughs> I think the sacrifices. Sacrifice. but I think it's kind of the fact I have more of a personal uh, thing is um when you didn't have a job for a year and a half. Um people were very, very dangerous, uh-huh. people that we don't even know very dangerous we uh, we have no idea. We got um what is it a money wants or something mm-hmm. in the mail every week that we have no idea. We send some so that to mm-hmm. me was of yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's great. Anyone else? What comes to mind when you hear the word generosity?
1: I think it's like friends so and people that we know that have given your time to us without question, even if they knew we weren't going to be around long, or they didn't know if we were going to be in their life long term, so <laughs> anyway. Yes. So we There's something about the word generosity that makes you think like unearned uh, or like. Um, it's changes. It's changes, it's changes, it's like, yeah there is not enough yeah right Yeah. But I
0: Actually, the first time I've gone on me, I'm thinking about the posture of generosity and what generosity looks like, but I've always this week just been thinking about what it looks like to give generosity, but it strikes me now one of the things that's most hard to receive is other people's generosity. Uh, it's really hard to receive it um, with no strings attached just as much as it is to give no strings attached. So let me ask the second question. Uh, when have you found being generous an easy task. What are some of the dynamics or factors that play into generosity being a little bit more easy? An environment of generosity. An environment of generosity.
1: Just um, as people have created a culture Uh, where this is just i I won't even say an expectation but a common occurrence. Um, And it feels like a model. Yeah. Good. Good. When it's something I already have. When it's something I have. Okay. So time, or when we borrow something, whatever. Like, if it's something that I already have, yeah. I guess, uh, lack of sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. 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 It's very easy for me to be the most generous person in the world when I have plenty of what you need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Jordan? Um, I like
1: be to see what comes out of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right, right. Yeah, good. Anyone
1: else? What is it easier to be generous? Well, I think it's that not, not, not that I'm generous today, but I'm to it, like, or I'm experiencing it, I'm to it, I'm used Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Like, there are periods in my life where I felt like it was easier to be generous. (laughs) Maybe because I recently experienced generosity. Mm Also, it's easier to be generous when you feel like afterwards things aren't going to be awkward. Yes. I feel like when you're generous, you know the person and be thankful. Like, <laughs> like when you take your kids and do something like yeah. fun and they're like, well, but I can't get a soda up here. And like, <laughs> <laughs> get like, yeah. Then you're just like, well, screw it. Like, why did I do this? Like, if you know the person's like, so they want to get a When you have personal gain, like even at the top table, like really if you feel like you did good, so, yeah. 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 Um, like you get some sort of joy like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I find it's really easy. It's easier for me to be generous to people I like, and I'm in community with. Um, right, that uh, the kind of people you know you step in front of a train. Like generosity is not that difficult in those moments. Outside of that, uh, for me, is when it's difficult. Uh, so, on that note, when do you find generosity? difficult, what's the other side of that coin from when it's easy? Maybe we can just say everything we just said in just the reverse.
1: Okay.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah we are not sure you don't have you, you, the lack of control the lack of certainty the lack of being able to see who was it Jordan you had mentioned um, being able to know or see the outcome when you can it makes it difficult yeah. what do you say Duncan I think when you don't
1: know what's, yeah. right, like what's, what's going to actually be effective. right yeah okay I think it's not you know he blesses reign all over just and the unjust. Right. Donald Trump or, you Would I be Right. This Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Jordan? Okay.
0: Yeah. So people who previously you have experience of them not receiving your generosity with gratitude to the children, um, <laughs> uh, people who misused it, yeah, it makes it difficult to continue the posture of generosity. Jen? I think about
1: this generosity as a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Not as objects or money, um, but like um, being generous or you know, people that I actually have a for. You know, that yeah. I, I, you know, think the best about you because I like
0: you, but I don't think the best about them because I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, or even sometimes you don't know them. Right. Uh, Richard Beck in his book Unclean talks about um, how we make monsters and tribalism and so he gives the great example your uh, friend, it's their first night working as a, as a server at a restaurant. And so you and a couple other friends go, and the, the service is terrible, right? They, your friend gets your order wrong. The drinks are all messed up. It takes forever. Uh, they're frantic. They can't, they can't get their stuff together. But with your friend, you're like, it's okay. You give them a big tip. You're supportive. But you go to that same restaurant, and it's someone you don't know and you get the same service it's, it's harder uh, more difficult to have the room to give the person the benefit of the doubt um, like why do they keep messing up my drinks why is my service um, not good uh, talking about generosity is uh, difficult it's not easy and I think it's particularly not easy uh, in the church Um, Part of the reason is because I think it's hard, nearly impossible, to talk about generosity without talking about money. And money conversations in church are always difficult. Uh, We are steeped in American exceptionalism and American capitalism and consumerism. uh, And probably most significantly, we're steeped in American individualism. So our money is the thing that is really the thing that's hands-off. Uh, we don't want to talk about money. but generosity is not limited, of course, to money, but it is a part of it, right? If you go to Storyline's website, when it talks about these core practices, and under generosity, it says, as partners in mission, we're going to be generous with our finances and spiritual resources. But money is difficult. There's also a lot of shame and embarrassment and guilt uh, connected to money, Right? Um, we, we maybe haven't made great choices with our money, and it's hard to talk about that. Um, we're embarrassed on how little we make. or embarrassed on how much we make. And so to have a conversation around generosity with finances is not easy because of all these factors that put a lot of pressure and uh, uncertainty and uh, angst in our lives. It's also difficult because the church hasn't always dealt well with money and how to talk about it. Uh, The church has done well in using guilt to get more money. I have this very (laughs) distinct memory of the collection basket being passed multiple times during worship service as a child because because enough money wasn't given the first time. And it wasn't like someone counted it. They just looked at it like, ah, that's not good enough. (laughs) Seriously. They're like, someone's holding back and you see all these adults begrudgingly just put more money in I think just to end it not (laughs) because they actually want to give but the the church has uh, knowingly or unknowingly explicitly implicitly it has used guilt as a motivating factor for what it means to be generous Uh, you also have uh, how would I put this misuse slash abuse of the money conversation in the health and wealth gospel. If you give money, God will give back to you. Specifically, you give money to this church or this ministry, God will bless you with more, which is highly problematic. And then, of course, um, the church, like many organizations, they have misused money. Uh, they've managed money poorly. And all of these factors, both the American individualism and the privatization, embarrassment and shame, um, the, the history of money conversation makes generosity uh, a difficult conversation. But generosity is also difficult to talk about because it's, it's, it's like talking about happiness or anxiety. If you tell someone, be happy, they're not automatically happy. <laughs> Uh, it's not like you could just flip a switch and you're like, oh, wow, that's all I needed. Thanks, I'm happy. (laughs) Or every time I hear Paul's admonition in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything. As an anxious person, I always want to say, really, Paul, just like that, huh? Just don't be anxious. Um, To talk about generosity is similar. Be generous. Oh, okay, just like that, huh? Because there is um, a bunch of stuff that lies behind the posture of generosity. Whether we're talking about money or spiritual resources or time or as Jen mentioned, our posture, um, we don't just flip a switch and automatically be generous. There is some work to do behind the scenes. So I want to just lay out sort of two big theological themes that I think lie... Uh, behind generosity. They're not the only two, um, but they're, they're two that I'm going to suggest this morning. The first one is that throughout the witness of Scripture, we find a God that longs for the world to be a place where everyone has enough. Not too much, not too little, enough. There's this beautiful image throughout the Hebrew scriptures of uh, everyone sitting underneath their own fig tree or vine or everyone sitting underneath their own olive tree. Uh, We find the prophets using this uh, as they're talking to uh, the Israelites and God's people, particularly in how they treat uh, and respect the poor among them. That they imagine and dream of a day when everyone will have their own fig tree and vine to sit under. Which is a symbol, it's a metaphor for everyone having enough. Everyone having what they need to move through life. It's the same thing we find in the Hebrew word shalom, which is translated peace. And peace in the essence of shalom isn't just the absence of violence, it's the presence of wholeness. But so when we when we read and talk about God's shalom, we're not just talking about uh, living in a world where brawling doesn't take place or rage or anger. But it's also a place where everyone has enough. They have the resources to be whole financially, emotionally, spiritually, socially. It is the witness of the Hebrew Scriptures from beginning to end that God longs for the world to be a place where everyone has enough. So generosity grows out of this commitment, this belief that God wants the world to be a different place. And because of that, we embody now what we believe the world would be um, if, when and if God kind of comes back and makes all things right. We embody now what we believe God's preferred and promised future is. But also... Um, The way of love that um, Paul describes in Ephesians um, is fundamentally a way of generosity. But the way of love is a giving of oneself for the sake of the other. It is a relinquishing. It is a letting go. Which in so many ways, that's a definition of generosity, right? It is a letting go for the sake of someone else. And so we find Paul writing to the church in Ephesus He says, give up your falsehood. Let go of that and give. Be generous with truth. Give up anger. Let go of stealing. And seek, he said, to give to those who are in need. Be generous to those who are in need. Give up talk that breaks down and give. Be generous with that which builds Get rid of bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Give kindness and compassion and forgiveness to one another. Why do we do this? It's because this is the way of love. We're founded and embodied and broke, that breaks into the world through Christ as he loves us and gives himself for us as a fragrant offering both in the Hebrew scriptures and the life and ministry of Jesus, we find this way of love, this way of being, this way of generosity that is giving up for the sake of others. So I want to just talk about three generous postures. The first is being generous with our finances. It's it's impossible to get around this theme in scripture. It is consistent. uh, That what we do with our money matters especially when it affects the poor and the marginalized and the outsider. And it matters, this posture of generosity with their finances, because um, we know, probably most of us from years of experience, that money and consumerism um, and the need to have more disrupts. Even even if we've never had much money, everyone knows the feeling of wanting and needing more. Money is one of the all-elusive powers that's constantly vying for our attention. And one of the significant things that happens in a posture of generosity with our finances is we're confessing, in some ways, this has a hold of us, and so we need to relinquish some of it for the sake of others. Um, we also want to be generous with our spiritual resources. I think one of the more difficult um, places of generosity uh, for me, I'll just speak for myself, is being generous with my time. Because I always have the next thing that either I'm actually going to do or the next thing that I want to do, which I use as an excuse to not help you. Right? There's always a laundry list of things I could be doing And even if I don't do those things, when there comes a time where I can be generous with my time, I'm like, oh, sorry, I've got so much to do. Are we generous with our time? And more importantly, do we actually make room to be interrupted? Do we open up time in our lives so that when those uh, unexpected, surprising moments come for us to give of our time, we actually have the bandwidth to do it? This is. We've talked about this before. This is the gift of Sabbath. One of the gifts of Sabbath is actually creates room for us to be able to give our time, be generous with our time on behalf of others who don't have the luxury to um, take a break and to rest. We also need to be, take seriously what it means um, to be to be generous with our talents. And I don't. I honestly don't know what to say here. Um, one because I, I don't. Uh, the conversation around talents and spiritual gifts uh, in the church have always, has always bothered me a little bit. Um, <coughs> This is a gross overgeneralization, I know. It applies to no one here, I'm sure. Um, but there are times in which I've seen spiritual gifts and knowing what we're gifted or what our talents are that they're used to get out of things. That's not my gift. Sorry. I don't have the spiritual gift of teaching the kids. I don't have the spiritual gift of fill in the blank when uh, the reality particularly in a, a community of our size is it a, sorry, the, your talent or not like, the kids need to be taught they need to be loved on things have to be done whether or not we have the gift or the talent to do it or not now, we, we, we don't want to subject our kids to terrible people and terrible teaching I'm not advocating that is my point coming across here? Yeah. That, that we, we can't use how we understand ourselves as an excuse to get out of stuff. Because I think that which we know about ourselves, how we understand our giftedness, that too is a little bit skewed. That uh, even knowing who we are and what we have to offer the world takes a lot of really, really hard work. And sometimes we're just operating out of the version of ourselves that we want others to see, not actually who we are. I said I didn't didn't have a lot to say, or I didn't know what to say, but clearly I had something to say about that. Um, And finally, and Jen touched on this, I think the most difficult is are we generous with our posture towards others? Uh, This is is one I give a lot of lip service to, but internally um, fail miserably. Uh, Do we assume the best from other people? particularly those that disagree with us. Do we have a generous posture towards our neighbors and our family members and our colleagues where we choose to be curious and engage the other in such a way that confesses, I don't have you figured out? I don't know all that's happening with you, and so I'm going to be a little bit more generous than what I want to be. Because what I see and what I receive might be a little bit different than what's actually going on in your heart. Right? But to have a generous posture, to be, to be generous with our resources and our time and our talents, be generous with our finances is this ultimate confession, I think that we're not God and that all of the control we like to have and think we have is far more an illusion than anything else and that generosity I think if we pull the curtain and look behind what is generosity, I think it is fundamentally a confession that we're not God uh, that there is something um, good and a grace of sort of opening our hands and letting go of the many things that capture our attention, so let me pause here what What am I missing um, or what strikes your imagination? What thoughts or comments or pushback would you want to give?
1: yeah. Generosity is like get to like hurt. Right. And it is especially effective on people who have been hurt. Yeah. And then it's like, it's, I think it just gonna kind of enables. I think we don't talk about it in a context of like, like, the boundaries of yep. or uh, being generous with yourself or the fact <laughs> yeah. that God is generous to you or the fact that you can't control other people with yep. your generosity. Yeah. Um, I think it can kind of come across the same thing that not doing that. Do it yeah. hard. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, no, amen. Very, very well
0: said. Generosity can quickly become another box that we check that makes us feel good and feel like, okay, we've arrived. We're, we're doing the good Christian life.
1: I can back off of that because this is probably recently in the New York, it's the it riddles to life. As if Jesus is commending her Giving up everything, right. and yeah. I'm not too sure they do. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't think he's saying everybody ought to be giving up everything they have, like that. I'm not sure that's what he's doing. Yeah, uh, so that, that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of interesting when you say that. Um, maybe it's that we should post us and read that. But I believe, too, Christian and Masters, who believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is you know, what Jim was saying at the very beginning, So, he said, He that struck me, because the rich man is, this is, It never occurred to me, the rich man knew his name. The rich man knew Lazarus' name. And it's like, he knew him. He was there in front of his day. Mm-hmm. and. All the other details are not very clear in that story. But the very fact that he moved this thing, that he wasn't in the same, I mean, wasn't. Uh, And I think that's something that we have to consider. For me, especially, being And not just being satisfied, but feeling uh, that he needs something. That's, a pretty, that's pretty the main base, which is able to force that place in this church, have generous this group is to give. I mean, huge percent. A lot of the churches don't give fit to the conditions. prestige Numerically bigger, but prestige-wise is not so. And then our main amazed when the big budget thing and the numbers don't come out just right, they run around again and come out right so people give and they keep giving and that's among that's among people that don't try or take kids that don't have a second all with the answers that have kids that have no end of things they want to buy yeah. right so so it goes back to and I'm pressing God on my mind, so many times I gave up about you know I, I no really I <laughs> this is, this is, you trust me do you trust me to provide? Yes or no? Like, well, do you really No, actually, you trust me. Well, just you me this, God. So time is a way of trusting God. And go over the time is like going, okay, that's a stretch. One of the, uh, the things that struck me
0: when I was looking at the Five core practices that we've identified, been talking about, is uh, this this sense I have that they're not just prescriptive for our community; they're actually descriptive. Like they're not just things that we're, we uh, aspire to, but they're they're actually things that describe who we are. Uh, that our life together actually embodies devotion and formation and mission, and generosity, right? They're not just boxes to check, but for the way of life we've committed to and embodied in so many ways.
1: Yep. oh, Justin? Um, this is not a like to push a forward. I think, I think there's uh, always something inherent in about generosity in that we said the priorities Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we diagnose what we think, yeah, I mean. right. Um, but I think oftentimes, generosity has to, has to start in a posture of aligning the goals that people want for themselves mm-hmm. rather than what we want. For them. Yeah, um, that's well said. And, and I think that, that has to be a really putting ourselves in relationship with the people that we are referring to rather than
0: in just the feeling I don't think there's anything wrong with the feeling of being a person but when it's just the feeling of being a person it's in the Yeah. yeah that's well said let me let me end with this on sort of Sarah's note uh Generosity and a core practice of generosity—probably uh, more than the others—might uh, leave us with a sense of guilt or failure because we're not doing enough. Or we're um, fill in the blanks. Uh, we, a part of generosity, is learning to be generous to ourselves. And, or to say it another way, we have to learn how to be gracious to ourselves. Uh, That that we're not always going to get it right. We're going to walk away from a situation and we're going to think, "Ooh, my posture could have been a little bit more generous." We're going to walk away from a moment or an opportunity and think, "Ugh, I was not generous with my time or my spiritual resources." Um, We we might get at the end of the month and realize, like, ooh, I could have been more generous with our finances. Uh, And I want to say this. uh, If generosity isn't growing out of a place of grace, uh, then it's really, really hard to nurture that gift and that commitment. That we have to learn to let go of our need to always achieve or be getting things right. And every day wake up and go, okay, today's a new day. Um, I have an opportunity with my life and all it entails to be generous. Let's give it a go. And when we put our head um, on our pillow that night, um, know that whether we did it right or did it wrong, uh, God still looks at us and says, you are my beloved, uh, in whom I am well pleased, no matter what.